All right, and welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zer Jr., and with me is Corey Hens. Hey. And Chris Gosh on the peanut gallery mic. Hi. All right, we're doing another history episode because we did one about a month ago with Jeff Brewstead and Eric Swanson and realized we barely touch the surface. So every once in a while, I want to do a history podcast with with people from a long time ago that are still racing, some that aren't, and we're going to do a little bit of the history of the Brainerd area. So, Corey, how long have you been racing for, and what got you into it? Well, I, I was always attracted to radio control, and when I was a kid, it was an airplane, because let's face it, the airplanes were way ahead of the cars as far as radio control. For sure. And uh, parents thought it was too ins- expensive it's probably a good thing i didn't get into airplanes because i probably would have killed off my desire to have radio control but uh when i graduated high school and the windfall of graduation money came my way (laughs) the thousand bucks you thought you'd never see in one spot exactly i i decided to buy an rc car and um that was 1987 nice uh what about you chris what got you into racing i just went to a hobby store and saw a car bought it was a worthless piece of junk <laughs> but uh they told me about some racing that was going on in the area and i went and checked that out and how long ago how long ago was that i was in 96 okay so a little, about nine years later yep hold on one sec i gotta fix my microphone there we go sorry little things bother me um so i ended up buying a Tamaya, that's how we say it in Brainerd. It yeah. can be pronounced about 10 different ways. But, yep. Uh, I bought a Tamaya Falcon. Um, let's face it, in the 80s, Tamaya, was mar- their marketing was way better than anybody else. Their their graphics, it was just awesome. There, in 1987, there was an entire Punky Brewster episode that was a big Tamaya commercial. R- oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It, oh, you got. I got to send you the links to that. That was... That's that's been floating around Facebook for about ten years now. It's pretty good. Okay. So you got the Tamaya Falcon. Yeah, and for really not a racer car, it had double wishbone front suspension and it had trailing uh, suspension on it. Um, you could upgrade the drivetrain to Thorpe dog bones, which were like state of the art, and of course uh, yep. the, the three-step speed controller that we all ran originally. Yep. But uh, I bought this car, and as, like, the planets aligned, and this track started to be constructed right, I mean, three miles from my house on up in Nisswa, if you're familiar with the Nisswa area. I am. Um, so, Sportland Corners, you know where that's at? I do not. I only know Nisswa has only Wendy's in the state that serves breakfast. Okay, Wendy's. <laughs> so, the <laughs> we- <laughs> I did not know that fact. Yes. So the Wendy's is sitting on Sportland Corner. So about okay. yeah, three miles south of that, um, a couple of guys that had full-time jobs thought that they would start this venture, and they they rented this building, which was nothing more than like a pole building, and uh, built a track out front, and they called it Radio Raceland. And yep. it was it was so awesome because the drive-by traffic that track got. I mean that. It w- we went from nobody with cars to it was right. unbelievable. There, that's the biggest part of that's the biggest thing a track can have to be successful is foot traffic. 
Um, like I said on a previous episode, in Brooklyn Park, how many people got racing because the track was in a little dirt mall? Yeah, exactly. It's foot traffic. So what kind of surface were you running on back then? Well, it was funny. These guys, uh, they really wanted to get the right dirt so they had samples brought in from a bunch of different uh, dirt providers oh man so it started back then yep exactly so way back in 87 80, 88 we were picking out proper clay for a dirt track and we didn't really even know how to build a track so. and you only had i don't even think you had four rows back then four row ribs the, yeah no the four row the step pin deal but there's four rows you had the four row tire and you had x patterns when i started yeah i was actually running a tire made by dynamite that looked they were just cone pins yep craziest thing ever yeah and then i had the uh if you've seen the little tiny mini pin nub front tires from back in like the 80s okay yep i'm i'm thinking of them yeah yeah we ran the that's kind of what we ran and really it wasn't uh wasn't too much about the tire at the time. It was the guys that could keep the car, you know, on the track right. without crashing. Yeah, I uploaded a couple of videos from back in the day, and Senior and I were both saying, we don't remember the cars looking that bad. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's like, no wonder <laughs> they were hard to drive, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No suspension, almost zero grip, and there is no power to them at all. It's like if you put a brushless system in a, in an old school vehicle and try to drive it it'd be impossible <laughs> not to mention you'd have no drivetrain left yeah right six gear on a yeah so i remember th- this is skipping ahead a few years and we can go back did you have a track in your yard or was that your parents yard so it wasn't either so okay. the the guys that opened this facility yes um, when they decided it wasn't really financially doing anything for them they closed it down but they lived next to each other and between their two houses they had a plot of land and that's where the uh, Brainerd Badlands was was born probably 1989 I was gonna say I remember being there senior just got the 10t when it came out as a kit yep yep that was the first time we ever went up to Brainerd to race I got this picture of you that I'm going to, I got to dig it up. You should, you should blast it out there. Joe, he's got this mullet haircut and on the sides you like had shaved in these lines. (laughs) Yeah. I always told my aunt to give me racing stripes on the side of my hair. (laughs) MC Hammer was a popular thing, but my mom said not to buzz it. So you tried doing the MC Hammer stripes, but with a ton of hair on the side and that's what you got. (laughs) Yeah, I got a picture of you getting an award. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, so I'll dig that up. Oh, for sure. So 1987 to how long did that track last till? Until 89? So it was, yep, two years, and then 89, it was relocated. Um, It's interesting, you know, we, back in the day, we didn't even have a computer then. It was... uh, No. It was uh, clicker counting, and um, I remember going to... uh, my first ever invitational race went up to Duluth because, you know, this whole central region, we had almost like uh, our own uh, battles. You know, we went up to Duluth race yep. and we went up to Eveleth and Gilbert. So my first uh, invitational, I went up to Valley Hobbies race. They were putting on up in Duluth and they 
basically had a parking lot that they hauled in beach sand. Oh, oh. yeah, that sounds brutal. It it was it was unbelievable. But the funniest part of it that we weren't used to is they you had to bring your own counter guy with you. So you went up <laughs> <laughs> you went up on the driver's stand, and right in front of you was the guy that had the clicker. And uh, back then um, we raced maybe six eight cars maybe yeah. at most because you just couldn't keep track of it no. without and i remember you know when there's that few cars you know where you're at on the track and i knew i was in front of everybody yep but i had my adhd brother counting for me and uh he missed a lap or two <laughs> yeah there was a few clicks missing that yeah i was gonna say though also were there a couple guys that were a little bit dishonest i don't know because the locals beat me yep for sure so you went from the Tamaya Falcon. Did you switch to Associated right away, or did you go Kyosho? Uh, no, I went right to uh, RC10, probably, I don't know, a couple years into racing. That seems to be the path everybody went with, RC10 or JRX2. Um, senior, like, like I said, Senior started out with a piece of crap 12-scale Kyosho Nitro vehicle, and then he found a place to race, so he got a Kyosho Double Dare Monster Truck. Race that for two weeks, realized he couldn't win with it, and went out and got an RC10 gold pan. Well, you know, it was interesting. When I started racing, these guys would show up with the Kyosho Altimas. And they were good. And then the Kyosho, Kyosho Altima SE, I think it was, which yep. was the improvement on that. And, and RC10s, and, and they just couldn't drive. So I'm yep. like you know hang whipping it out there with my tamaya and i'm kicking their butt you know so i, I thought i ha had everything going on but yep. uh yeah it made the leap to a real car and and it changed everything so for sure um so you did the badlands i only went there once did they have weekly club racing there no it was uh i don't know why we couldn't get a club to be that organized it was so it was every sunday night when it was radio raceland but when that folded and it became just a guy's yard it was get together and play once in a while or we would basically plan for the invitational races we held which were you know there was one called the black diamond grand prix and and the brainerd badlands those were kind of the races that we yep what that we sent flyers out like crazy and it was really cool to have the steve nelsons and the paul gerlays and right to, and uh brent larson i don't know if you remember him brent larson just started racing again with his son really yeah he's doing a little 12 scale action at dollar cool yeah because he got into racing big cars okay but yeah, I mean, still Brent Larson. Yeah, it was awesome because I remember he did really well in Brainerd, and he's like, "I'm going home with hardware" because we had these killer yeah. trophies, and that means I, I remember back in the. That's something you kind of forget about. It, um, all the racers somehow addresses got around and people's houses. We got flyers in the mail. That I I still can't even. Well, do you remember a guy by the name of Brad Trask? Yes. So this is really weird, but Brad Trask lived on the same lake that I grew up on. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden my phone rings, and, it, hey, this is Brad Trask, you know, and I'm hanging out with Steve, I think it was Steve Nelson and the rest of the gang. Oh, I'm sure they were drinking, buddy. <laughs> Just around the corner of my house. So anyway, it was it was cool. Yeah, for sure. So then after the Badlands, uh, what did you guys do? I know... 
I got a bunch of questions from Ryan. I know there's a roller rink in there somewhere. I know there's a, there's a bunch of stuff up there that happened. Um, well, we, yeah, so there was kind of a hiatus for me. So I actually, in 1991-ish, I went to the cities and finished my college degree. Okay. And everything kind of stopped from what I understand. And then I, I came back to Brainerd in 1995. Yep. And... Um, you know, doing my own thing. I drive down the main drag, and I'm like, Northwoods Hobby? What the heck? Yeah. And uh, sh- sure as sh- shoot, there was a new you hobby shop there. <laughs> yeah. New hobby shop there, and a and, uh, guy by the name of Tom Grog. You remember yep. him? I vaguely. So Tom Grog, he had, he had quite a vision and had these ideas, and he started uh, the first experience I've had with spec class racing. Okay. So... Um, he, uh, he threw a package together that, which was composed of like a Kyosho car and you got a motor and a battery in this car kit and it was probably just under a hundred bucks. So nice. then you, you buy your own radio and, and uh charger and away you went. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So we, it was on road. So we, we started running this on road car in various parking lots throughout Brainerd. So we're again, back in the front of the public. That's a big thing. And our numbers just, just soared. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever ran on road up there. Um, so did you guys, were you just mainly the spec vehicle? Did you, or did you run pan cars? And back then that's right when touring cars started taking off too yeah so 95 and 96 is when we kind of just stuck with the spec car to grow our club right and you're right um well in 96 i should add that uh chris gosh showed up to the track yep and uh i didn't know chris before then and he showed up with a new car that was painted that kodak gold you know yep so it was, it was one color, and that's the color it was. And he he had he wanted to race, but he didn't have a sticker kit yet. So <laughs> <laughs> you you need the sticker kit. Yeah, you need that sticker kit. Well, that was back before all the custom painted bodies. Yeah. were popular. Yeah. Um. I remember. But also, though, the one color bodies weren't very popular popular back then too. You always took the scotch tape and to see like a whatever design you could come up with back then i was doing the van halen gig just rip it uh just tearing the strips in half and throwing them in random spots (laughs) whatever it takes right yeah so you ran on road for northwoods ran on road for how long because i believe isn't that how the bradshaws got started too so 96 we ran the parking lots and then the winter of 96 um we we came up with a deal with uh, the school district. Okay. That was uh, spearheaded by um, Brett, the um, Mr. Branshaw. Yep. And uh, he was kind of our shoe in there. We also said that we would uh, give a scholarship for the money we raised. Oh. So the school district was all over that because it was a kids kind of related activity, and and uh, they were they were all in. So it worked out well and. And uh, Steve Branshaw uh, started racing with his two daughters, and yeah, it was that's yeah that's where that all began in the cafeteria. Oh, that that is cool. Um, so you guys did Northwoods in the parking lot and the cafeteria. When did you get the big the big off road track? 
Um, oh, I sorry, I got one more question. What was the race held it? I remember as some kind of fair. And I think you put it on. It was up. I want to say ninety in between ninety two and ninety four. Do you remember that, Chris? No, I wasn't. I, I thought wasn't it was because I, I remember pitting on like there was literally a circus tent where my chair rested. Are you thinking of Bemidji? Maybe? Was it Bemidji? It could have been. B B Bemidji had. The state champs race at that, the fairgrounds. Yep, but that was always indoors. Yep. So, we, I, I don't know. I thought that was you. Well, that I, was I know you yourself. You put on races, didn't you? I did. They were all outdoors, you know. At yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't. Um, that doesn't sound familiar to, to me. Okay. I, I swear that I don't know. Every time Senior brought me somewhere, I, I it's hard to remember. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Well, so the Northwoods Hobby uh, track, I mean, we, Tom, his facility was right on the main street. He didn't really have a spot for a track at the, at the time. Right. So we had uh, we had some great ideas. There was a guy that uh, his family owned, Paul Bunyan. Yep, yep. And he also owned a go-kart track, and uh, he said, well, well, let's build it here. So we built it there at this go-kart track, got it all nice, and then the go-kart facility turned into a car dealership and our track went away. Yep. Yeah, that but sucks when that happens. So then the next year, uh, we we built the track inside of a hockey rink um, with cooperation of the Brainerd City Parks and Recs. And okay. uh, that track was really nice. And um, it it we ran it for a year. Was it just a year, Chris? I think so. So, okay. And uh, we had invitationals there. Did you ever? I don't remember you coming up to those. <sighs> I don't remember going. Okay. Uh, back then, I, I would remember back then. What year was that again? That would have been 1997. 97, I think I was into BMX heavy then. Did you go up to Bemidji? Because that would have been about the same time when they had the state champs inside of the fair building. I went to Bemidji the two two years the last two years they had it maybe did they have it three i think they had it three yeah i think i went three years and last year was the epic monza story that i'll let him tell if he ever comes on <laughs> so so yeah so it was uh not until uh, 1998 that the uh um actual northwoods hobby track was constructed okay but uh before we get over that i gotta tell you a little story okay so when i met chris you know and we were hanging out and then uh, trevor and his brother darren came along and we were kind of turned into racing buddies yeah so uh we kind of traveled together and we decided we were going to go up to fargo and and race at one of their events okay and uh i remember you know i'm i'm 10 years older than these guys right yep so we get to we get to fargo and we get to our hotel and we're checking in and the lady goes how many adults yeah. and i said well what do you consider adult yep she says anybody over 18 and i look at chris and i go one yeah <laughs> yeah that was a sleepless night yeah so meaning i'm cops coming over yeah I i'm sure i'm trying to think one of those races jim lundahl and senior had a co-sign a room for a younger a bunch of racing dudes 
And remember, the Royal Rumble was that weekend. They hit the pay-per-view button, and then I don't know if they got drunk or what, and they were just <laughs> slamming into stuff. And oh, <laughs> well, they were in the room next to us, and you could hear just thud, crash. They're <laughs> having a little uh, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, something. So yeah. So yeah, that was uh that was one of our funny stories. I'm sure there are many others, but oh, here's another one. Yeah. I almost told this at tr- Trevor's wedding, but I just couldn't get the courage. Yeah. So, uh, I bet you didn't know I saved Trevor's life once. No, I don't know that. So, yeah, he was actually stopped, stopped breathing. Really? Yep. He stopped breathing, and, I mean, so I was shaking him, shaking Trevor, Trevor, wake up, Trevor, wake up. And he says, what are you doing? And then at that <laughs> point, I realized I was dreaming. Really? Yeah, we were <laughs> long, long day of racing, and yeah, I was having a bad dream. Oh yeah, yeah. that's r- where is Trevor this weekend? Just busy with life, or he went up to uh to do a little mudding, I guess ATV trip. Oh yeah, 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 that's a bummer. Yeah, so for listeners, we're at round one of the MNRC at the Moto Dome. I do want to do a podcast at every round with different people around it because. That's why I made everything portable. Yep, Trevor, uh, we miss him this weekend. He put in a lot of work in this track for a race that he wasn't even going to attend. So right. You see Trevor, you give him a pat on the back. Yeah. How's uh, how's uh, his yard track coming along? I know he was talking about building one. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's at with that. He was trying to get some land out of uh, the business that's next to him. So Yeah, that... That kind of fell through. They were wanting way too much money for the land. Well, that's a shame. Then he's got some neighbor issues on the other side. So Nitro motors and neighbor issues don't go together. <laughs> so, so many times. Um, so with the Heart of America, uh, this uh, we'll get back to your, your stuff in a second. But with the Heart of America, the last race we ran at the, ran at the Music Land Group building, we did not have permission to be there. We just knew people wouldn't be there on the weekend <laughs> wow. so we set up a track on friday night after everybody left it was i'm like why are we setting up so late i mean i was 23 24 i should have known better <laughs> and then we ran there and then we set one set up a track at um a school in victoria minnesota and we had permission to be there but the cops were there constantly because in the back, right on the edge of the parking lot where we were running, there was a row of brand new townhomes that were all occupied. And when those cars went down the straightaway, you could hear the nitro motors echo hard oh, off wow. of their houses. Wow. So, so did the did the one Paul Bun the last Northwoods facility with the big off road track? Did they have an on road facility there too? No, it was strictly off-road at that point. Um, We kind of would race off-road all summer long, and then we would just switch gears, go to the cafeteria, and and race on-road carpet. Okay. How long did the cafeteria racing last for? Boy, it's at least five to six years, wouldn't you say, Chris? I think so, somewhere around there. Were you you doing the gray ozite then? No. Uh, I was wondering, because it's like, why didn't we ever go up there and senior was still is super serious about what he runs on we ran on the natural 
turf that was there, meaning the carpet that the school district had laid down in the cafeteria. With, so then with, with strict rules of no traction count. I was going to yep. say no sauce. No, no sauce. So what did you end up using? Um, we ran foam tires. Okay. Um, we kind of figure out what worked, and then we'd, um, we'd spec those so people didn't have to worry about what they had to buy. Right. That's not a bad idea. So. Uh, I remember running Sean Van Dalen's gig at the roller rink. It was a weird Berber carpet. And we at, we ran mini spikes from Schumacher. They're a rally tire. Okay. And just sitting there with the nail clipper, you take out the outside edge or the outside two edges, and then you go through every spike and just take off that little point. Okay. Instead of, because if you tried driving them to wear it in, it would work, but it would take a while. It's just quicker to take that little point off. So... Yeah, that's that's cool that you had your makeshift setup work though. I mean, it it really. Um, I mean, in one year we bought we had enough money to buy a transponder system. Yeah, I was gonna say, weren't you guys one of the first in the state to have a transponder system? I I think we're up there. We had a twenty transponder rail system and a a computer and the yep. software and the whole deal. Because I don't think the cities had a transponder system until Doug Ringwald got it in. For Central RC. Okay. Or wait, did... No, Dewey's had it. Dewey's had it. And then it was... For off-road, it was Doug's track, Central RC. I'm, I'm still using one of my original personal transponders out of the first AMB run when they cost $45 a piece. Well, they realized real quick that they don't have a lot of... Uh, new sales you know or recurring yeah. sales that I guess. thing's been rewired in shugu together so <laughs> that thing's a mess but it, it works every time so yeah so that i remember uh steve branshaw you know he he ran was maintenance department there and he would tell me it's a good thing that administration doesn't see what this carpet looks like when i scrub it right he said the water coming out of those machines was black oh, really yeah and there was so that must have just been pure foam. Pure foam, yep. And if somebody, yeah, it probably just pure foam. So, Steve, I believe he just retired from that job recently. Yeah, I think it's been a few years now. Has it been a few yep. years? time flies. Uh, I remember his deal was he was going to buy the house where he's at now and then retire. So, okay. Yeah, I think he's... Yeah, he's done now. I, I was bummed out, so when we had the Nitro Series race in Brainerd last year, I PM'd him on Facebook, hoping he'd come and watch some races and whatnot. He had his hip replaced or something like oh. that. So he didn't even respond. He he just had it done a couple days prior. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I, I had bumped into him in Brainerd, too, and he, there was some talk of the uh, son-in-law and father-in-law uh getting together and actually doing a nitro car and steve was going to pit for eric if you if you're not aware eric swanson is steve yeah. branshaw's son-in-law yeah yeah um we uh eric ran one round half of a round last year okay and realized weekend racing isn't for him okay i think he did one weekend race this winter for the Minnesota State Champs at uh, Motorhead Madness, I don't think he was. I don't think he was having fun at the end of it. I think he just did so much for so many years that he just wants to go club race because 
I mean, he's come to the realization, yeah, he's good. He's really good, but he's never going to be a pro. That's good. You and, know, I mean, and over time, he just gets slower. Well, you age, you know. Yep. I I think uh, let's face it. When we were when we were growing up, we had pong, and that's what that's what uh, made our hand and eye coordination skills. And now they've right. got Call of Duty and everything else. I mean that that if you want to call it the training regiment, the kids have these days that prepare them for RC is much different. Were you the one that posted on the MNRC page the new? Uh, transmitter that looks like a video game controller. I did, yeah. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> that's a tol- totally different way of thinking, though. That's. Uh, but that's how I I tried a steering wheel and pedal setup for like Forza and Gran Turismo and whatnot, and I was most consistent with the controller. Okay. I was faster with the wheel, but more consistent with the controller. Well, I mean that. The, the pros that run sticks would say that uh, steering's, you can manipulate steering faster. Oh, did you watch? So people were uh, blaming David Angaro. David Angaro. David? Yeah, something for having a gyro. So JQ took a video of his hand and it's just, he's like, yeah, here's your gyro. It's his <laughs> thumbs. <laughs> just going mad. Yeah. And I guess he can drive a gun radio too. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. He can drive a gun. Almost as well, hmm. which is just a different level. Well, it's like Masami, you know, he ran stick radio too, and he could flip that stick radio upside down and drive it just as fast. Drive with his feet. Drive with his feet. That guy was was unbelievable. He's still, uh, do you follow Masami on Facebook? I don't. He's getting um, RC constantly on TV and all that stuff. In Japan, he's still a big part of RC. He's just more of a setting stuff up, doing demonstrations, all that. He's gotten heavy into drifting. Okay. So, yeah. Well, he was like the Grand Marshal or Director of Racing for the IFMAR race in China. Yep. So I remember that. So, Chris, so you started out with, um, did you start out with that Kyosho spec car? Yep, that was the first racing vehicle I had. I actually... My first car was a Thunder Tiger Nitro 10th scale four-wheel drive. Oh, man, that sounds like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when you don't, Agony? Know, don't, yeah, you yeah. don't know what you're doing. And, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good experience. Yeah, it's... Oof. So you had the Thunder Tiger, then you went to the Kyosho spec car. Um, how long did it take for you to start off-road? I think the next summer... Um, I think it was right around the time the B2 came out. I got okay. a B2. Yeah, I remember that was such a ga- allegedly a game changer. Uh, yeah, but they didn't have it right. They had to the B3. Inst- do you know the B2 has become a huge collectible? Oh, really? Yeah, because it was such a short run, and then the B3 conversions and the B3 came out. It was a B3 from, like, was it 97 or 8 until 2003? Yeah, a long time. That was a long RAM platform. So, you, so Chris, you ran the associated B2, and then when did you get into nitro racing and whatnot? So I had the B2 and, the, you know, and then the B3, and then first nitro I had was a gas truck. It was a low-C GTX. Nice. Did you see the gem Casey Wright got? 
Yeah. That was awesome. And he was going to give it back, but I guess he's keeping it. Well, it, it sounded like he made it sound like the family didn't want it back or they were okay with him keeping it. Yeah. Or they couldn't come to whatever, an agreement, but... Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I think I'd put that on the shelf for sure. Yeah. So he, what, what was that? A double XT conversion? Yeah, it was like right, exactly. That's or LXT. It was one of the two. I want to say it was. I want to say it was looked nine. I want to say it looked like a double XT because didn't the LXT already have a conversion out? Or was um, that made by MIP? I n- I know they had a conversion because John Schaefer from up north came down to yes. Brainerd and raced me with an LXT conversion. Well, you were Mr. Gas Truck back, well, you were Mr. Gas Truck almost until last year basically. Yeah, I had a NXT was un- yep, I'm saying that right now yes. that I had a low C NXT was my first gas truck. I remember that cuz it was a green like a forest green yep. body and green dish wheels. It, well, that was my GTX. That Maybe was it was GT. a GTX. Which one came first? NXT ah, or Lozy gas trucks, you're asking the wrong yeah, guy. Must, must have been a GTX. So, yeah, yeah, that's what... So, Tom talked me into... I mean, at the time, it was really a purpose-built gas truck where the associated vehicle was kind of a converted electric. It was converted for a long time. Yeah. I, I remember getting a RC10 GT factory team in 98, and I'm glad I got it. So, senior, ba- back in those days, the... um. T-Max was huge. Yep. And up in Starbucks, Paul Marcotte had a T-Max that he let me race, but it was a Sport Max. It was a two-wheel drive version. I crushed everybody with it. <laughs> and Fastest name in radio control. Uh, it was actually fun to drive because it was basically a truggy with bow ties. It was two-wheel drive and running at Starbucks. That was a blast. Did you run the big ribs on the front of that, or did you run bow ties? bow ties, all four all corners. All around, yep. All four corners. And then he's like, wow, you should get one. I'm like, yeah, my birthday's coming up. And I told Senior, and Senior's like, no, nah, this ain't going to last. I'm like, but I want one. He's like, oh, whatever. And he, he entertained me for a while, and then I remember getting a call. So he was at the hobby shop, and I was at home, and he goes, Joe, they don't have a Sport Max, which I guarantee they did. <laughs> But they have this RC10 GT sitting on the shelf. So I got the RC10 GT with the OS Hyper. Okay, yeah, that that goofy. Was that the uh, V-headed thing, the weird-looking one? No, it was a that dark. That was a CV. Yeah, that was a CV. The Hyper uh, was a dark copper head. Okay, that's right. Yep. Yeah, and it was the only motor. Everybody's like, oh, that thing's not even a horsepower. It's like, yeah, but I'm not pulling wheelies everywhere. I can't, I'm, I have the truck under control. It's a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember the heads because that was the first thing that had to go, and I put that O'Donnell uh, power head on them right. with the, so you could run the McCoy plugs. Yep, I gotcha. That setup just worked for me. So Brainerd, so since... So 1998 is, yes. is when the uh, <coughs> off-road track at Northwoods went open. I remember going up there once, and I had a T3. And Ross Duval was up there with an A-scale nitro buggy. Yep. And I wanted one of those so bad, too. Were you there the time that Ross had the runaway and went up the woods about 100 yards? Just I think so. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, no, those kids with... Uh, he His mom had a little bit of money, and 
those kids with money, I'm surprised he went and found it. I remember at Spirit Mountain, Jabber had a runaway A scale, and he's like, F it. <laughs> really? Yep, didn't even go look for it. Wow. Yeah, that thing's probably still in some weeds somewhere. Yep, yep. Being yeah. skeet over. Yeah, for sure. Well, I bet you Silver Bullet went back, because he's, he's worked there, I think, all of his life. And I, he probably went back there, got it, threw it on eBay, made a couple bucks. So, so since North was closed, what was that, 04? It was 02, we believe. 02. Because I remember there well, was so there, there some was shady business. Yeah, shady business. That's a good way to put it. So, Don't name names, but what say happened? guy A, guy B, guy C. Sure. So the business was sold, and there was a conditional use permit that expired on allowing to have a track there. Yep. So the new business owners ended up with all the inventory in the and the business, but then the track had to be closed. So the the shop was still sitting on the property where the track was, but yep. we could no lo- longer race there. Okay. So, and at the time, Brainerd was really the place to go on the weekend. Everybody come down from the north and... Right. Because it's it was a fun track, and it was there was a hobby shop, and it was centrally located. It was ideal. Yep. So we're all standing around going, okay, now, now what? You know? Yeah. I mean, are are you still kind of doing that right now? <laughs> going now what? Yeah. Because uh, oh, no, that's all right. We got people coming we in. We got visitors. Yeah, that's awesome. Hold on, is this uh, Carter? Yep. yep. This is oh. Yeah. We got an announcement about Carter today. Carter, come come over here. Hold on. This is uh, Chris's son, Carter. Say hi. Yeah, right into the mic. Hi. All right, what happened with the uh, Carter? Chris? What happened today, bud? Um, I got TQ and four-wheel drive sports car. You got TQ. Yep. That's fantastic. Uh, was that with your electric truggy? Yep. Well, that's awesome. So you're starting from the point, and it's going to be a 15-minute race tomorrow. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Yeah? Cool. How, how f- much... Uh, how much faster was your dad than you? Um, on the we we won't talk about that. No, we're, we're going to talk <laughs> about <laughs> it. We're talking <laughs> about it. If I didn't, um, if my truggy kept working and I went at the same pace before it broke on the last race, I would have been like four seconds off. Oh, behind. you're four seconds. You're getting it. Don't worry, you so know, I, I can help your dad deal with the, the pain yep. when the kids are faster. Exactly. Pretty soon, Chris is going to have to become your pit guy full-time. And yep, crew yeah. chief. So are, are you going to do your best with your e-truggy and shoot for a nitro vehicle, or are you going to stay with electric? Um, I don't really know yet. You don't know? Do you want to do nitro? Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Are you having fun so far this year? Yes. Did you do any racing over the winter? Yes. Where at? Um, the 510. The 510, awesome. So you're not coming in totally cold. Nope, That's he's got good. skills. Awesome. Yeah, keep it up. So anyways, uh, let's get back. So basically since 2002, you guys haven't had anything? Well, I mean, you've had some little, you've had some things, but 
2002, we kind of, uh, and I think it was kind of leading up to this, we had talked about what what we should do, and um, I was sitting on a computer and a transponder system because the club kind of had fizzled then. And, right. And uh, we decided, well, we still need to get everybody together so we can race. You know, it, it was kind of a, if everybody was doing their own thing, you'd have five entries at a track. Right. So it was really forced us to give birth to the MNRC in 2002. 2002 is when it started, huh? Yeah, yes, and it was uh I wouldn't say it was a series to begin with. It was right. it was just a bunch of races and there was trophies at every race and we raced uh a sport zone in Grand Rapids, um Jimmers up in uh, yep. Forbes. Um yep. we went down to Let's see, where else did we race? Brainerd had a track. Um, was the Eveleth track there yet? No, that came later, but we did race Bemidji, had a track. Okay, yep. And then, uh, if you remember Mike Overman, who had a track in St. Cloud. I didn't know he had an actual track. I know Mike. Yep, he had an actual track. He actually held a Roar Region 7 event there. Really? Yep. Wow. So, so yeah, that's kind of... Uh, it started out as here's the schedule. Let's get together. These are the race dates, and it evolved into well, we should do some points, and that's kind of where it started. And and it was really, um, I wouldn't say not that organized, but it was it was picking up speed. And and uh, like 2006, I think it was uh, Jeff Ford yep. came on board, and we actually um, had a race down at TCHR. I remember that. And uh, things got a little bit more formal at, with points, and um, it was great because it w- we needed more bodies to help make it happen. Right. I remember back in 2007 was my first year in the MNRC racing. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but whatever. And then I, <laughs> I, I didn't do it again because there's a lot of things like, so we'd travel, there was rain. I remember this was at FTR, and they're like, should we run more tomorrow, or should we finish it off tonight? And everybody's like, let's finish it off tonight. It's like 1 a.m. What are you doing? That's when Sean had his track in the front. Yep. And it's like, you know, things like that turned me off. I did not do it again in 08. In 08, I did the H Heart of America again. I love the Heart of America and wish I could go to Lincoln eight times a year. Never been there or to that event. The Heart of America was a tra- it's the oldest it's series a traveling in the country. On-road series. Not it doesn't travel anymore. Oh. So Lincoln, Nebraska now seven to eight times a year. Okay. Um, but yeah, it used to be Minnesota, used to be Sioux Falls, Fast Lane Hobbies, where the off-road track is now, used to be a tar on-road track. It, it was just a bunch of tracks. It was fun. And then... Was that primarily 8-scale, or was it nitro touring cars, or... It was a scale it, it was an even number of each. Okay. And when you hit second... When the, when the car hit second gear down the straightaway, I swear you could feel it in the radio... Cause it just <laughs> went, went. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It, it was fantastic. I remember th- one of the cops that came in Victoria was shooting, um, was radaring um, Yari's touring car, and he was hitting 62 miles an hour on the straightaway. Wow. Now, that was a touring car with a .12 engine. 
the sedans were or the a scales were much faster that's what i ran and what what's awesome though with that speed the the cars could handle it very well it, it was amazing it really was but yeah but anyways so in 08 i went and did that in 09 i came back and ran and was like blah whatever and then i became the announcer in 2010 because was it 08 or 09 that we had the first i want to say 09 was a year the first official announcer yeah i think up to that point if you're on the committee you you took a time at the mic running the races so i would i mean i got to the point where it was hard to because let's face it i mean the whole reason we got into it is because we wanted to race so it was kind of a big distraction to have to try to run the races and do that justice you know what i mean right right so yeah uh, i think casey wright was the first paid announcer was he not he could have been uh, like i said in no 07 was i think casey was doing it in 07 yeah casey was 07 i didn't do it in 08 and then uh 09 jody overman was doing it that's right yep so yeah that's and then i became the longer i announced from 2010 until my last year was 15 wow that long yeah time flies i've had an i had enough and (laughs) now i kind of miss it (laughs) so i mean it's it's it can be a fun job it's just it's hard not to miss racing and you it's as you know Corey. it's hard to announce and race because it's they're two way different mindsets absolutely so it's it, it i i did it again this winter with or the end of well march with the minnesota state champs for duluth announcing and racing and i just it, it's not the same thing um, I, I just couldn't get my, my cars were way fast. I couldn't get my head right, but anyways, so, so you're racing on road and announcing up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. On road. I, I try to race it, everything. So now when did you get your boys into racing, Alec and Caden? Well, that's a good question. So Alec, he's uh 17 now. I think he started racing when you were six seven wow so yeah 12 years 12 years so he's been racing since he was five yeah 12 years of dad abuse yeah and he's getting fast what was it two or three years ago he was running sportsman um three years yeah three years and then this round he put his buggy bumped me out of the a and put his buggy straight into the a he he ran some awesome qualifiers today no i mean no marshals. Yeah, that, that's what you needed to do at this track right. here today. Right, and his car—he's been driving awesome. Yep, and his car's awesome. I got the same car now. He's got a good mechanic. That too, and then yeah, it's it is it's one day when Joe if Joe three gets to the point of beating me, I might get to your spot and Jeff's spot to where I'm just pitting. Well, it's a it's a whole different type of fun, you know. I know. It's uh it's. I mean, they make me proud, and and they I, I piss you off at the same time. Exactly, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a whole different type of fun. You know, they they poke at me and go, "Why aren't you running?" I'm go, "I'm having the time of my life." Yeah, did you run it all today? Uh, no, I ran yesterday though. Ripped some laps down, and I'm thinking I might throw in the uh, D main tomorrow. Ah man, if there's time after this, you know what? There's going to be time. I should charge a battery and let you run the mini truggy. That'd be fun. 
the, the, the truck itself is a blast. I finally got it working right. You know, so I had this servo in there. It always had a little hitch in it. I bought the car from Steve Nelson with the servo, but it had a little hitch. I switched the servo out that last round, and I went 18 seconds faster. What? Yeah. And wow. it, it took, because what was happening is coming out of the corner, and I was almost straight. It's like it hit that hitch and brought the rear end. Like, I was out of the corner and then losing traction. Do you think you had some general drift on the servo, too? It could have been. Yeah, that servo. I mean, if there's a hitch in there, that servo's taking some abuse. <laughs> for sure. So, basically... Brainerd area guys have been MNRC guys for 17 years now. Yeah, I would say that. So what kind of plans, are there any plans in the future to hold races? Or I know you guys have been doing a kind of Nitro X. What, what's a... Oh, yeah, that was a, that's actually a camp that's sponsored by the college. And, uh, you know, it's too bad that we don't have an RC club going right now because that has, I mean, there's huge exposure. You get 20 kids into this camp and they're, they play with uh, um, Revos, Traxxas Revos for a week and they get interested in, you know, like small engines or um, automotive degrees, you know, things that they need to think about in the future. So what kind of vehicles do you use for that? It's Traxxas Revos. Traxxas Revos. Yeah, pain, and then they're pain in the butt. Yeah. To have 10 of them running. Yeah. Oh, that I remember so uh, this is way 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 more mild but it was still a nightmare. At the end of the weekend, it was still early enough to where there was a crowd at the state champs. The semis, the Euro trucks were the last to run. And everybody that was using a crappy radio or stock radio or whatever, you can slam it. But anyways, uh Whoever was using, they handed their. That was a door, not a beer. Yeah, they they handed their radios off to some random people in the crowd. What? It was awesome, but <laughs> it was mayhem, and they've I done it, they've done it with slashes too. So, but it was just a bunch of kids. They, I don't think any adults went and tried it. Just a bunch of kids, Carter's age. So yeah. Well, like I can. Uh, so like we'd prep these Traxxas Revos, and then they. They would have what they would call the sponsor race, where these um, people that were supporting the Nitro X camp would come down and they would get handed a radio and run these Revos. That's and pretty cool. Yeah, it was it it was funny and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah, what do you think it would take to get a club go going? Because it's like okay, Shamrock down in St. Peter. I know their overhead cost is almost nothing because what they do is they set up their turf track in a hockey rink. Yep. And they just leave it set up and then change the layout every couple months or whatever, and they'd come do an easy Saturday race, pack up and go home. I think it'd be easy, especially with the summer tourism, but honestly right now there's too many irons in the fire game right now. I mean, there's, there's I mean, too many options. Yeah, I, I'm not saying for you to do anything, but I'm saying, you know, uh, do you think you could get the numbers up in Brainerd again to get something done? I th I think it's possible. I yep. I know that. Uh, so I got a friend in the UPS industry, and he says the stuff that comes from A Main and Tower Hobbies is just unbelievable. So I know it's yeah. out there, but it's just getting these people, you know, together. Yeah, you know, 
posting community forums and whatnot on Facebook might get some kind of general interest. Um, yeah, I was going to say back in the day when Ray Cook worked at the Brooklyn Park Hobby Town, right after or during the end of TCHR, he said he went through the files and through the popularity of the T-Max, over 10,000 were sold in the Brooklyn Park area. What? Wow. Yes. That's a big number. It's a big number, but he goes, none of them ever saw an RC track. None of them ever met with each other. And that's the shame of it. You know, it's I, I bet you it would be huge in Brainerd again if you guys could find a way to communicate one way or another. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't agree with any kind of spec racing, but if you want to, if you want to grow a club, there's nothing better than saying, "Here's what you have to buy." Take the guesswork out of it for them. Here's what you buy. Here's the, here's the battery. Yeah. Yada yada. Let's go racing. So they. Because there are so many choices these days. It's unbelievable. The this most simple choice is the Traxxas Slash. Yep, yep. It's 210 20 bucks. It comes with everything. And then you're going to upgrade to a LiPo eventually. Then you're going to upgrade to this and that. But keep the Slash as stock as possible. But then pretty soon everybody just outgrows it and then goes to something else. I remember Andrew Mowry is the one who got slash spec racing big in the state of minnesota and he'd have racing when mmr moved to their second location he'd have races there was like 40 50 slashes and maybe five 10 scale buggies wow it, it was amazing um yeah chris is there anything you think could get racing going in brainerd again i don't know <laughs> Oh, Alec has an idea. If you want to come up on this mic right here, talking to the letters. Uh, I talked with... Get up in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Don't be shy. I, I talked with my dad about it before, um, but I thought maybe starting a club at the high school, after school hours, like once a week on Thursdays, something like that, um, maybe get a grant from the school to where we could start a program for racing stock stuff and we just need a facility to go to like field tripping and stuff but i i think those things are are possible and the school district's usually pretty receptive to those things it's just i'll be honest with you i'm getting a little tired of being in this role all the time i hear you it's time for somebody else to step up but you know what you're doing and that's the issue and like with uh, race directing, it's like I know what I'm doing, so people come to me with stuff, and I don't mind. I like helping, but, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, we have one question here that we did not touch on. When we touched on Ryan uh, Greening, who's on here with me quite often, who should be here this weekend running Mini Truggy. We got 14 of them in 10 scale open and we got like three or four in sportsman it's, yep. it's here's your sign yeah hopefully he shows up i mean he usually works saturdays well he could come bump up that's why i'm saying maybe he'll do it for loose nuts um let's see we talked about sports zone in grand rapids because you race there yep we had uh stops there and they did an awesome job 
when yeah. we first I showed never up, race her. their facility was phenomenal. They had a, I mean, their their driver stand could have been a little taller, but they built a, uh, a place for the the scoring computer to go. And I remembered, um, you ever heard of the truck jam that we had there, the truck challenge? I think so, yeah. So that was the first time that Jimmer, well, a guy by the name of Don Tolbert, who lives in Alaska right now. Yep. He showed up, and he, it was like the rock and roll RC show. Yeah. Because he was playing rock and roll music, and he was announcing. The, it was just. That's it was, pretty cool. It was so much fun. Yep. That's what they're doing right now with um, the Psycho Nitro Blast as they're trying to do that kind of a show. Yeah, it, it takes a little bit of the, you know, monotony out of a, a race. You know, yeah. it adds a new element. It's It kind of, I think it lowers people's br- blood pressure, too. Right, right. I mean. We all take this too seriously. That's right. I yeah. mean, um, let's see here. We talked about racing Bemidji a little bit. Well, what was Ryan's question? He just said talk about RC racing Bemidji. Oh, is that what his question was? It's pretty broad. Uh, well, that was Grand Rapids. Okay. So b- is he talking about Bemidji state champs? I don't know. Um, I could talk about the Bemidji state champs. Is a nice track that Bradley Trask put on yep he ran a good event there yeah and it was free camping yep and then it moved to starbuck in 99 i'm not sure those dates 98 99 okay because i remember cody campbell going to bemidji a few times okay um nitro series race track at the friday night motocross track in brainerd oh yeah so the Brainerd Badlands came back, and it was south of town, in uh, right next to uh, what was called Race Freaks um, RC. Well, Race Freaks Motocross Tracks okay. by by KC Promotions, isn't that right, Chris? Yep. Which is now uh, Safari North Safari North Zoo. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's a zoo. Exotic yeah, a zoo animals. Oh yeah. man. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the the track is now like a feedlot for giraffes. What was it like? Um, loamy, okay. rougher than heck. You know, it was back in those days. We, it wasn't like a man prepared surface, if you know what I mean. Yep. But it, you know, I've I like like this weekend. The track has character. It's not <laughs> character. No, it's not blown out. It's still very raceable. Well, it's interesting because there are corners with character, and then there's the hard rock. A it's grain yeah. of dirt hasn't even moved corners. I, I know it's uh, through that really tight. That's where it needs to be good through that really tight section, and it is yep, good. Yep. Um, no, it, but I mean, did you look at the track they tried to do for Silver State and how bad that got blown out? Yeah, that that kind of looked like the Badlands back at the motocross the facility. Divots went to the floor. That's that's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I have a theory that they were not allowed to use chemical in that horse arena. I was told certain things by certain people, but it was a lack of caring. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I can't say exactly, but yeah, it is a lack of caring. Hmm. And I'll imagine how, bad, how mad you'd be if, Corey, you took Alec or Chris, you took Carter, you spend the money thousands of dollars and they give you that but yeah, then be a little bummer yeah I, guess. I mean those big entry races but now think about if you go to pnb the track stayed nice 
still too many entries in my opinion, but whatever. The track stayed nice, and you have the show that they put on for the same amount of money. I mean, the ch- the choice is. Yeah, I don't. You know, I uh, I I think about going to those big races because they're kind of like a bucket list thing to do. But me too. But, but you sit around for so long. Yeah, like uh, I'm gonna be on. Keenan's podcast, uh, No Name RC podcast. We did the interview last Saturday. He's going to put me on this week. But what's kind of funny is I was kind of parodying Joseph. Okay. Like, so, JQ. So, Keenan called me. We did an interview. Then he called JQ, and the interview kind of sounded similar. Because <laughs> hey, were, were you being a jerk? No, I was being honest. Oh, okay. Not a jerk. Right. Being honest can sometimes be confused with being a jerk. I I was a jerk on my podcast (laughs) a couple weeks ago about Silver State. But anyways, um, real quick. um, Yeah, you had some harsh words about that facility, but I I get it. You know, I, I look at how much I spent to take Joey to Omaha, but that race was worth it. Yep. You know, Alex, he beautifully ran facility. And the amount of money it takes to bring your kids, bring your gear, all that stuff. Imagine having to hop on a plane or nah. So think about the financial windfall that race brings. Do you know he, so Joey, uh, I will say this because this is common knowledge. Joey built the track and then he was in the track area maybe an hour or two total that whole weekend. Really? Yeah. He built the track and went away. Well, that's I guess that's the way to do it if that's your part. <laughs> but, I mean, look at the track run this weekend. I mean, I could... This I is s- better. Well, right, but Chris was looking at the stats, and what did you say, Chris? Was What's kind of the last stat you saw for how many laps have been on this track? Oh, there was 5,000 just in practice. So yeah. five to 6,000 laps so in practice. We're probably 10,000 laps right now. Or more. And there's places on this track that will not blow out. Nope. No, they won't. Um, actually, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys come up with. Maybe if you do a change for the fall or next year, because you, you've got to figure it out how to pack it. you just got to do the whole. Yeah. It, it looked like you packed that center section with a car. Uh, truck, actually, yep. And that that's the way. Yep. Um, let's see. What else does Trevor, or what else does Ryan have? He goes... Were any of you with Trevor Johnson when he won the Roar Regional titles in gas truck? I don't think Trevor won a Roar Regional gas truck title. I don't. Trevor was with me when I won the Roar Region 7 gas truck title. Let me reread that. <laughs> was he with t- I think I think Ryan's trying to start something there. I think so. Because that's the way it's worded. I wonder if Trevor's got a story backwards. Is that, a, that sounds like a stacked race resume, if you ask me. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, we kind of went through this. Will he take your dad hat off and do some racing this summer? I'm going to give it a shot tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, and then that's... Should uh, be fun. I have no expectations. Just going to throw it out and have a good time. Your buggy's good. Buggy's good, and you know what's really cool is Alec will be pitting me. So That is cool. Yep, it'll be fun. I'm nervous. Uh, so I, I was so hoping to make it straight into the A. Because there are, I BQ'd, and there are monsters behind me in that B main. Oh, you guys, 
where you and Alec were right next to each other on the on the standings all weekend, and yeah. you look down the list and you're like, you know, there's so much depth all the way into the C main. Yep. There, there's a new kid here. I don't, I've never seen him before, but he's wearing a hobby shop T-shirt and with a little techno banner. So is his dad. His name's oh, Dylan. The, the fluorescent yellow. Yeah. His name's Dylan Finn. Yep. He's been right there with us too. Yep. I. I don't know the kid, but, man, he's fast. We got a lot of fast people in all these mains. And I'm looking at this, and the B main lap traffic's going to determine who goes to the A and who doesn't. It'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, I practiced with you. Yeah. And you were uh, chasing me down, so um, it gives me a little bit of confidence. I think I got I got some speed, yeah. but your car was, was looking really well, good. So... Kyle Holm, I bought my associate. I got an associated A scale this year. Can you say that again? What kind of car? Associated. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I put up a Facebook post. Uh, I, I'm not AE, but I sure do have a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I know you're you're brand agnostic, and you, you know, you run what you want. That's well, nothing wrong with that. That's I used to be ride or die AE until I got um, the Lozy Double X Four. And then it's like, oh, other brands are good, too. Well, that, that car changed that whole four-wheel thing. It did. It did. But, I mean, that that was, uh, I think, a partially a Brian Kinwald. Uh, man, you hear that wind outside? Yeah, it's the it's s- trailer through. is shaking. Yeah. We, we have a hurricane in the middle of Minnesota. But, yeah, it's everything I have associated r- almost except for my 12 scale. I have a Roche because... Associated won't update the rear pod because they don't sell 12 scales anymore, really. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend, but Kyle Holmberg, I bought that car from Kyle Holmberg. Oh, it's got a Kyle Holmberg setup and in it. And he goes, I'm going to put my loose dome set, because he goes, How do you drive? I'm like, This is how I like to drive. He goes, Okay, I'm going to put my loose dome set up in there for you. Interesting. Boom. I haven't had to put a wrench on the thing all weekend. Just check the ride height, clean the tires, make sure everything, you know, your standards. But I haven't had it, no shock oils, no diff oils, no springs, no adjustments. That's awesome. I, I, you can't ask for anything better. No. I mean, Kyle's Kyle's one of the best setting up a car. He'll come to me and he'll just be watching the boys run and said, you know, do this. Give, yep. this, a, give this a shot. And it's like, thanks, you know, that, yeah, that exactly. really worked. He exactly. just knows. Exactly. So, uh. Anyways, what are your expectations for the future of racing in Brainerd? Do you? I think you know right now because I've been on this roller coaster before, where there are so many um, things going on at different you know different tracks and different facilities, and um, and then all of a sudden there's none because there was too many, and, yep. we, and we killed them off. So right. I'm, I absolutely won't start anything because... We're at the too many level right now in the cities. Yep. I'd rather uh, try to promote FTR um, or uh, FTR and Thunder Road and... I mean, we've got some awesome facilities that are an hour away from Brainerd. There's no reason for us to do anything up here. Right, right. Um, How how is rent up here? Because I know the 510, the reason why that's been... Not the reason, but one of the reasons it's been around for so long is because rent, I could I could rent it myself and take a loss on my, and not make a dime on it type thing. 
Yeah. So is rent? I I don't know. Is it cheap? Expensive? Or I I think in the right locations, it's it's pretty cheap. Yeah. But uh, we don't. You know, I've you looked. You need the foot traffic. You need the foot traffic, and you know, it's finding the right location that's going to give you that that allows you to have, you know, meet the right codes or whatever to have a nitro or whatever whatever you want to run. It's right, right. You know, the, the tree huggers get involved, and then it's ugly. Right. But so you've been racing for a year longer than me. What are your expectations for this current racing season for yourself? For me personally yeah well you or you racing or you as a pit dad or well whatever i know that in a previous podcast you uh put caden up on a pedestal i i haven't let him listen to that podcast because i don't think he's ready f- for do that you know kind of I pressure mean, do, you, do you know what i mean by what i said he's I, I know what you mean alec has been getting faster but caden's got an extra little something there Oh, believe me, I hear about it all the time from the <laughs> older brother. Yeah. So I, I think uh, the, the one thing that Alec, it's interesting to have two kids that are so different with their race craft. It's like Caden doesn't have much of a race craft, and Alec, I mean, like, he ran two qualifiers without a crash. And yeah. That, and that's how he'll run his 30 minutes of racing, and he'll be right there because of it. Right, right. And you got Caden that's got this raw, aggressive, Seth Van Dalen type driving style that's just I mean he'll put in these blistering fast laps but then he's on his lid so yeah I you know I I don't really care I think if they you know they've got their own goals that they're harder on themselves than I am so I'd like to see them you know keep running in the A and it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher with the with the talent I mean look at Look at Conrad Bizey this weekend. He's is sitting a couple and spots behind me in the B. Yeah, not even just this weekend. I mean, he's something changed in this program when he went to HB, and he's been he's on fire now. He's also learning how to wrench too. True. Yep. Because I mean, he's always liked wrenching, but he did it wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to learn on his own, you right, know, and he did right. a really good job for sure. Uh, Chris, what are your expectations out of the season? Uh, I don't know. The seasons, summer seasons are never real consistent for me. Yeah. Uh, with work and stuff, but uh, you know, we can make as many races as we can. And Carter comes, has fun. Yeah. Does good. I, me, I don't really care where I finish as long as I drive halfway decent. Right. I'm kind of the same situation now. As long as whoever I'm racing around, that I'm giving them a run for their money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's my only goal is not to get blown out like I did last year, and so far I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're fast. You're faster with the car you have right now than you were last year. I know you struggled right. a little bit with the a little bit with the <laughs> with the setup. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took me seven rounds to get a kind of okay. Yeah, that's frustrating. With the ridiculously light diffs. Yeah. I was running four four or no, I was running. Five three two in that thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, Alan Smith is—he was the first. Uh, I was the first one on the track last October, and it, and Alan Smith was watching me. He's like, "What's in your center diff? It looks like just too much." I'm like, "Only five. He goes drop it to three. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I was replacing diff fluid constantly, but it worked. Huh? That's so. unbelievable. Yeah. Anyways, I think uh, we've been going for about an hour ten. 
Okay. Was there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's that's it. I mean, uh, it's been a lot of years and still going. Yeah, that's the thing. I told the wife if I were to quit, I would have done it by now. Right. Yeah. I almost, there was an t- intersection where jujitsu was going better for me than racing, and I was about to quit and then do just jujitsu and full-time whatever, and then it's like, yeah, I'm doing full-time jujitsu anyways, might as well race. Well, you got to think of you're doing this with your dad, too. Right, and that that's really the only thing left. We do that and watch UFC fights. Perfect. I mean, that's about all the old man and I do together because I'm busy with my family. So. You know, your old man, when I was a poor college kid down in the cities trying to race, he would give me tires. That's awesome. I, I've never forgotten that. Yeah. So hold on one sec. Carter, what are your expectations for the season? Right into your right button. He's thinking. He's thinking. He's That's pondering. Right. He he's uh turning up this season. I can't wait to see him in a nitro car. Me too. What are you thinking? Just best you can, win a few? Yeah. Awesome. I think he's he's in the points chase. He's going for a championship. I want I'd love to see it myself cuz I've too. I've been watching him drive since he started a couple years back and he's been I improving. S- What's up? I started driving when I was about three, I drive my dad's old to a drive short course truck in our f- front yard. So his and first MNRC race, he was four. Oh, really? In wow. Duluth. Wow. Start him young. How old are you now, Carter? Eight. You're eight now. See, that's when it starts coming together. I started when I was six years old, and I didn't start driving okay until I was about eight. So, yeah, it's it's about that time. So, do you have a goal? Uh, do you have a timeline of when you want to be beating your dad? Um, by less than a year. <laughs> less well, than a year? That Joe, is a fantastic uh, Joe, goal. I, th- I think we might have to intervene because Chris has been turning his speed controller down. You know, though, that might be a good thing, though. That's probably why he's doing better than exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> he's crashing last anyway. Exactly. I've been driving so conservatively this weekend, and that's been helping my, me myself. All right, cool. Well, let's get this one finished out. And I got clutch work to do, and if you want to run a pack, come on up if I'm still up there. I mean, well, track maintenance starts in 20 minutes, so I can get a battery going and whatever. So yeah, if it doesn't uh, happen tonight, maybe at the tomorrow morning. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to wreck your gear. No, it will be fine. And we're the maintenance sure? crew, so it starts whenever we start it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm Joe Zer Jr., and with me was Corey Hens and Chris Gosh, and we have ran out of talent.